This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. The Fall of the House of Usher was recently released on Netflix. The Gothic miniseries is by Mike Flanagan. Before Michael McNeely stops by for a review, here's a clip from the show's trailer. Your Honor, no matter how much evidence stacked against them, the Usher crime family stands stronger and darker than ever before. Around a grand table. If anyone comes after us, we will exhaust our arsenal until the threat's neutralized. By neutralized, you mean sued into oblivion on the streets? Neutralized. Like dead. You guys, we really should get together more often. It's just a balm for the soul. From the creator of The Haunting of Hill House. Roderick Usher. Your family is a collection of stunted hearts. This time has come. A sultry woman in a skull mask enters a party. Who are you? Consequence. And tonight is consequential. A woman glances toward a passing hooded figure. Another woman shakes in fear. A person in a beam of light falls. Another woman gapes. Acid showers partiers. A light shatters. I'm going to head out. I've got an appointment with your dad. Michael McNeely has thoughts on the series. Michael is an entertainment critic. Good morning, Michael. Hi, good morning. It's a dark and stormy morning, which is appropriate, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's moodin' and broodin' for a show like this. Michael, even with that trailer, a little more context is needed here about the show's premise. How would you set this up without giving away too, too much? Well, this is a bit of a complicated story, but what we have is the Fortunato family, one extremely wealthy, from their drunk empire, their medication drunk empire, and I'm trying to remember how to pronounce opioid. I hope that's how you pronounce it. Uh, Opioid. Opioid. Yes. Okay, so they've been selling uh, painkillers, just like the Suckler family did. And they know that the painkillers are essentially bad for people who take them because they cause addiction, and they've created their fortune on that alone. So as we start the series, we realize that such children of the Fortunato family are dead, and the Fortunato family has been taken to court because of their transgressions of medical ethics. So there's two things going on there, and it seems that the Fortunato family is going to crash and burn, given the title of the series. Ultimately, the series is about what caused the fall of the House of Usher, what caused the fall of the Fortunato Empire, and why those children died. So the person behind the series is Mike Flanagan, who's made a couple of different miniseries for Netflix that have been well-received. One of the techniques that he uses in storytelling is non-linear storytelling, messing around with time. How effective was that in the series? Well, first, just to mention that Mike Flanagan had a five, 
television series deal with Netflix that is now over. He's done very well by all accounts. And he's now been poached by Amazon Prime. So he'll be taking his his actors there and he'll be doing at least, uh, I believe, two movies and a series. Oh, wow. So I'm excited, I'm excited for that. Um, I think Netflix is missing out by letting him go. So with regards to his um, coterie of actors, he works well with these, I would assume, friends by now because they keep coming back for various projects. And I think all of them are more or less character actors. That meant that sometimes I did not recognize them. For example, if you look at the uh, the courtroom scene, the Fortunato family lawyer is actually played by Mark Hamill, who you know is Luke Skywalker. I completely missed that. And it just shows how great an actor Mark Hamill is. And that's one of um, Mike Flanagan's favorite people. Also, we have Henry Thomas as one of the children, and we have Samantha Lewin as one of the other children. They're both white, and they are both the biological children of, of um, Roderick Usher. Um, and so that's important to know, because the other four children that died were adopted, and these two children may, may or may not be important. Again, I think it's just fun to see all the actors in different roles, and it's it's interesting to see how many you recognize and how many you don't. Mm. I think one of the most interesting things that I learned is, you know, when you when you have a wig, you can look very different. So it's uh, something interesting to take home with me. I did want to mention, I sort of talked about how Mike Flanagan's work has been well-received. I would say the most well-received series that he did was The Haunting of Hill House, which people really, really liked. I haven't seen it yet, but largely speaking, that's been the one that really got people fired up. This one, The Fall of the House of Usher, is also a miniseries, eight episodes. What did you think of the length of the series and the pace of those eight episodes? Well, I think it's good that I didn't get another season because I think that the story is, is contained in this eight episodes. Personally, I thought it was a bit long, so I think maybe six episodes would have sufficed. But um, you could also do more things with the plot if you want to make the eight, the eight episodes testifiable. Um, I, I think what we talked about is the playing around with time. I forgot to answer that question for you. But um, the play in the realm with time is essentially the, the main aspect of the series is that the prosecutor is asking questions about the family, trying to understand what happened to the family. And I guess I just wanted those questions to be answered faster because I was just anticipating, I was just waiting for the secrets to be revealed. So I don't know if that's... What, what was expected to be, you know, on my edge of my seat and what an answer sooner, or if it was just too long. I think I have to leave it up to the expert storytellers for that. Mm. But I think sometimes the answers that I received did not seem to be worth it for the wait, and other answers that I received were worth it. So I think I was just more eager to know why those children died, and I know now but I wish I had known sooner, maybe. You know, pace matters, Michael. Like, especially in a story like this, the pace you tell the story really, really matters. And I always wonder if it's a lack of confidence 
in the storyteller a lack of confidence in their ending. If they feel their ending is good enough, that they'll try to rush through their ending just to go so fast that your head spins down the tail end rather than really letting you digest the ending. I always wonder if it might be a lack of confidence in the actual in, in their actual dismount in the story. Well, I think there's, I think there's, the opposite is true. There is, there's enough time to understand. And then I think I, I don't want to wound anything, but the ending is pretty much given away by the beginning. Okay. So, <laughs> and then once you, once you realize that, once you realize how he tricked you at the beginning, then you start to appreciate that this comes in the full circle. Okay. So one of those things. So I think, I think the confidence is there. I think. Yeah, I think it, I think maybe it might be just that I streamed it too fast, you know what I mean? Maybe it's yeah, just yeah, yeah. But it's a Halloween thing. I mean, obviously you have to finish it by Halloween to get the best results. No, I'm joking. I'm, I'm happy with all Halloween things lasting all year. So, <laughs> uh, Michael, yeah. the, the, the Fall of the House of Usher is loosely based on a short story by Edgar Allan Poe. Obviously, this was modernized. <laughs> Edgar Allan Poe was writing this stuff uh, nearly a century and a half ago. What did you think of the effort that Flanagan put in to translate something that is so old into a modern context um ultimately i haven't read the whole house of hajar short story i know the beginning um and i think it's important to mention that the house of hajar the mini series is also based on other short stories by Edgar Allan poe as well as some of his longer works if i'm not mistaken i think it's kind of like a pose cinematic universe because Everything comes in here. You've got the black cat. You've got the telltale heart. You've got a short story called Fortunato, which is on the nose for the name of the company. Um, I think the fall of the House of Usher is the story of a, a group of wealthy people, a family of wealthy people that get their trust desserts. So ultimately, that's what you get here. Um, but I think just to say it's that one short story would be missing out all the others. I think Mr. Flanagan has huge respect for Edgar Allan Poe, and I think it's very nice to have him refreshed from modern generations, maybe getting rid of some of the problematic aspects of his his writing, like racism, and just making just making his stories more palatable. I think I think for sure. The fall of a uh, pharmaceutical company is definitely ripe for this time, and I'm hoping that we'll get to talk about Emily Blunt in Painkillers next month. This is also coming from Netflix. But um, I think that's just a story of riches to rags. What's your final critique of the fall of the House of Usher? Would you recommend it? I think I would recommend it. I recommend that people would take their time with it and just to let the mood and the atmosphere soak in and to enjoy the time with the actors that are probably playing, playing bad people this time. And they've seen them play good people before. But I think it's a good Halloween story. And I, I, I did enjoy it, even though I thought it was a bit long. Michael, thank you for this. Have a nice weekend. No problem. I think right now is the time to cue thunder and lightning in my disappearance. <laughs>
<laughs> Thunder and lightning and very, very frightening. That's entertainment critic Michael McNeely. The Fall of the House of Usher is streaming on Netflix. It is rated M.A. for mature audiences. Coming up next, what's a place you wish you could travel that you can't get there by flying? Complex logistics to get to places. I actually got it more than one. A lot of places I want to go that I can't get to. Anyway, John Lepke is going to pose that question to myself and Nisreen Abdel-Majid. This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern Time on AMI-tv. I'm Margaret Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping On Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods.